I Call to Order, The Devil's Lettuce Film Society. This is a series of podcasts that serve as commentary tracks where we invite you to get legally stoned with us and watch movies with us. I am your host, The Shaman, joined, as always, by El Pinchito. Woo! Woo! Woo, yeah. And uh, it's just the two of us this time around. We're recording another Devil's Lettuce field journal. And uh, this time, we're going to be watching a variety of short films. Short films of varying length. And uh, uh, Pinchy has no idea what I have in store this time. But I can tell you this much. We're going to run the full gamut. We've got some comedy. We've got some animation. No way! We have... A documentary short. Oh my god! And we have one of the most uh, revered short films of all time. What? So we've got some culture oh, mixed man. in here as well. Man, it's a big day. Exciting times. Exciting times indeed. Oh, I'm so stoked for this. Oh, I love I love the shaman's magic bag of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of surprises in this magic bag. Oh man, is there ever? It never it never ceases to to surprise and amaze. The bottomless magic bag of surprises. It's true. Uh, so how you been, El Pinchito? Oh man, I've been great. The last day of my THC break ended yesterday. And that's been real nice. She's back. Yeah, I'm back. Honestly, you know, what What this taught me was like, it's actually quite nice to take a, a THC break. I think I should do it at least like twice a year. Um, it, it was a nice reminder yeah. that like I can still enjoy things without weed because you start to forget when you're you're high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I I certainly don't advocate for that. But uh, yeah, take a take a break, guys. Get back down to earth, and uh, and it makes the uh, the next trip to space all the all the more exciting. Anyway, it really does. I'm I'm very excited for right now. Cool. Well, I can't wait to blow your mind with uh, what I have in store. And uh, before we even dive into those, uh, I thought because, you know, I've been giving updates on just about every episode since I started growing my own plants. But, yes. Uh, so the, the latest is uh, that the plants are enormous. They are getting very big. They are growing big, chunky, sticky buds. Wow. And... Uh, I'm not sure exactly when they're going to be ready to harvest. I just have to kind of monitor them and uh, wait for them to get to the right point. But like maybe the end of the month, it would be nice if I could pick something in a couple weeks. I have a certainly have a few buds that look like they're getting ready. Wow. So, so what a journey. Exciting times. Congratulations, my dude. <laughs> well, don't congratulate me yet. Uh, they're, we're not home free yet. But soon enough, oh, soon, soon enough, there there's certainly some really big, like chunky buds on these things that uh, I'm very curious to sample. Yeah, man, me, man, me too. Let me tell you, it's gonna be a special <laughs> day when we can both smoke your weed on on our Devil's Lettuce Film Society podcast. That'll be Heck very yeah, good and we're really gonna good. make that happen. Oh, you I know hope. we are. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. It's all, this is my first time doing any of this. I don't know. Like, hopefully it turns out okay. 
Oh man, if there's anyone that can do it though, it's you. It's me with my magic bag of surprises. But how are you so doing otherwise right now? Ah, oh, you know, I'm okay. It's it's hot. It's the summertime. Just uh, spending a lot of time in front of the AC. And, uh, I don't know, the, there are bees here now. I think I, I told, told you that. that. Bees? Oh, yes. A, got a, an apiary set up, so that's that's pretty fun. That is fun! That's super fun. You pet the bees yet? <laughs> nah, I, I have not patted the bees, but I've seen them buzzing around, so... There are a lot of them. There are like 40,000 of them, so... <laughs> they, they outnumber me drastically. <laughs> a small army. Finally, I have my own small army, and what am I gonna get them to do? Make me sweets. Make you sweet, sweet honey. Yeah, man. So, uh, hey, speaking of the cannabis, the marijuana, the ganja, uh, I, I think you you mentioned we're both we're both using our devil bongs tonight, right? Ah, besties. <laughs> besties. Um, <laughs> What's packed in yours? Uh, some strawberry jerry. I think uh, I smoked this line on our last one. It was the time before last. Last one, you were on your your break. You were just eating eating regular lettuce. Yes, yes. So it's a sativa dominant hybrid. Um, it's a combination of berry flavored strains. It's very jammy. Like this was one of the the, the defining uh, characteristics of it, and it still is very very jammy. Um, and it's, it's like no, a sticky Mickey. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's known for its weirdly savory flavor and creeping hazy effects. Um, the high is a creeper, and it's best used. It's a, <laughs> it's best used to relieve the classic, you know, ADD, ADHD, depression, fatigue, headaches, migraine, stress. And its main effects are cerebral, creative, energizing, euphoric, focus, and uplifting. Honestly, I think this is going to be perfect. That that creeper effect of it means it's going to like really hit you with a blast of cerebral euphoria just as Salvador Dali shows up and starts blowing your mind. Oh, man. And I never know. Like, I mean, it's funny because I don't know if it's the, the bong or just like the content we watch on on these field journals, man. But like, God, like every time we do this, it's always a dance with the devil. I can I can speak with authority saying it's definitely the bong. Um, <laughs> something about this this delivery system it really really shoots me in outer space. Um, and I'm 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 smoking more ice cream Sunday. Oh, I've yeah? smoked this on a, a yeah just a, done this on a few episodes before. I just happen to have a lot of it. And I'm also, I have a lot of it and I'm hesitant to buy any more because, you know, I'm growing a bunch of it. So it'll probably be uh, Ice Cream Sunday for a few more episodes at least. Sorry if that's boring, folks. But uh, hey, you know, sometimes you're you're just flush with one particular kind. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, gotta smoke what you got. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoy it. I got no complaints. That's, that's all you want. So are we uh, we ready to fire these up? I think so. 
All right, well, let's take our smoke break and then we'll be back to watch some short films. And oh, I guess I should note as well for the listeners that uh, all of these short films are available on YouTube or Vimeo, and I will put links to them in the show notes so that people can watch uh, along with us while they listen. Oh, you're the best, my dude. Okay, let's do this. Smoke time. Boy, oh boy. Uh, what is that what, what is that thing you've got stuck to your My eye? You, it's a coin. Yeah. It's the coin. It's the coin me and the long ship made. Ah, I stuck that to like you were wearing that like a monocle? Yeah. Yes. I'm ready for the film. For the high culture <laughs> cultural event. Oh, well, we're not getting cultured right away. First, uh, here's what I figure we'll do. We'll watch each of these short films, and then we'll just do like a little immediate thoughts after each one. Oh, I'm, yes. Yes. And so I'm saving the, the much-hyped Salvador Dali film for last. Uh, it's also the longest one. So we're, we're starting with... Uh, we're going to go from shortest to longest. We're going to start with some comedy. And so our first short film is called Moving In... And, uh, actually I should, I should pull this up, moving in. Forgot to note down, uh, the creator of this. It's Tyler Falbo. Tyler Falbo on YouTube. Uh, and his short film is Moving In. And, uh, I'm gonna hit play on, uh, the countdown from three. So, three, two, one. Go. Ooh, it's happening. Oh my god, oh my god. I love this short film. So you've seen this, right? Thanks. Oh yeah. Actually, I think you've shown me this before. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. brilliant brilliant amazing Man, there's something so unnerving about this. Like, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. <laughs> uh-huh. <Down> the neck. <laughs> oh, man. That, yep. Yep, that one. I haven't seen that one in a while. I love that one so much. It's special. 
I I think that the I I just think the construction on that is perfect. It's such a good little like it's not a traditional joke where it's a setup and a punchline. It's just sort of like a series of small punchlines. You guy finds the body in the trunk, and then it's the wrong car, and then you just see the random creeper. <laughs> this was, I love it. Uh, let me ask you something, Pinchy. Do you like the Looney Tunes? Yes. I love the Looney Tunes. Like, a lot. Hey, like, who's, your, who's your favorite Looney Tune? Oh, can I... Uh, do you have a favorite Looney Tune? I actually I wonder if do. I, can guess I actually do. I, I, please try. This is like, I'm going to be so entertained. <sighs> is that the Tasmanian yep. Devil? Yeah! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a Tasmanian Devil pillow... Um, it was like my prized possession in university and like my first apartment and like, I don't have it anymore because it just died. It was so heavily used by me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. It was the same one that Stanley. I'm glad I could call it. It was the same one Stanley Ipkiss had in, uh, the mask in his apartment. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's your favorite Looney Tune? Can you guess my favorite Looney Tune? Oh fuck! Loghorn, Foghorn, Loghorn, Lunghorn, <laughs> Foghorn, Leghorn. <laughs> Foghorn, Leghorn. I say, I say, no, no. He's, I like him. He's not. He's not my favorite though. I like that you think he might be my favorite. Let's see if you can get it in three. Okay, hold on. Well, Bugs, you do Bugs impressions. That the impressions that Bugs does a lot. Very, very close. I think Bugs is is pretty darn good. Yeah, okay. He, he might be my number two. Oh, he would be your number two. Yeah, I think Bugs is probably my second favorite. Which other ones were there? Shit. Uh... There's so many. A, a good tie into this is I just watched that new Space Jam movie. Oh, did you? It is so bad. Don't watch it. It's oh, so terrible. Oh, no, really? I was, I was really, really bad. I was in an internet hole reading about like the internet reaction to Lola Bunny and how, yeah. Okay. The, the desexualization of Lola Bunny that is far from the biggest problem with this movie. Oh, wow. It's It's so bad. bad. Man, we don't even, we don't have the time. It would take. This entire field journal for me to articulate all the terribleness really? in that film. Oh yeah, so don't don't watch the new Space Jam. Uh, can you guess? You get one more guess. Can you guess my favorite? Well, movie? man, it's really. No. It's not Foghorn Leghorn. It's not Bugs. There's. I feel like there's another one. I'm really forgetting that. I mean. There was who else was really smart on that show? <laughs> like, I wouldn't call this character necessarily smart. I don't know, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> uh, that's a good guess. I always liked Coyote and Roadrunner, but no, it's Daffy Duck. It's <gasps> Daffy really? Duck. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, Daffy Duck's the best. Man. I can't remember Daffy Duck. He's so angry. That's, That's the, the thing. thing. That's yeah. the thing. Is like Bugs yeah, so is really angry. clever. Exactly. He's the guy. He's so frustrated. Like you know our friend Tao. Yeah. Tao is like a Daffy Duck type. 
<laughs> and you'll see what I mean because the short that I picked is Looney Tunes short and this is one I think this is the probably the best Looney Tunes has ever been it's my one of my probably my all-time favorite best short that they've ever done and uh, I even studied it uh, we did a little short bit of it uh, about it in film studies as well and that is Duck Amuck you ever seen no Duck Amuck? Wait, I'm oh, so okay. I can, probably I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm so excited to watch this. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I gotta give the countdown. So three, two, one, play. Oh, the yes, I have seen this one. It's wonderful. Musketeers. Yeah, okay. Man, I'm so excited to watch a Looney Tunes short. <laughs> man this was such a creative short like even years later how creative this is you know i fucking loved Looney it's just like amazing humor plays with the form so good trying to find Looney Tunes to watch again. I can't like what streaming service is it on? Oh, you could probably find it somewhere online. I just found this one on YouTube. There's a bunch on YouTube. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Daffy is the best. <laughs> like you ever have one of those days where you just feel like the whole world is just fucking with you. Yes. Nothing's going right. Yes, yes. I relate to this frustration. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't happened in a while, but like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you're, you are the central of a tiny plot and it's, you, you can't help but be entertained by it after a certain point. Well... <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if I would understand more, because, like, there's jokes here where I'm like, Rembrandt, would I have known that when I was, like, I wouldn't have known what he was talking about when he said no. Rembrandt. 
but the, the one of the great things about the Looney Tunes is they actually expose kids to a lot of classical like classical music so much and like opera and things like that. A lot of people the first time they heard certain pieces of classical music, it was because of Looney Tunes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, me same that. Yes. File me under that category right there. <laughs> and like fast forward today and going to the TSO, like TSO is seeing a revival because all these kids are older now. And like they're, they're doing such like, you know, modern programming where they're doing the orchestras for major films like Star Wars or like going through the Danny Elfman score of, of Tim Burton movies and like, man, everyone I know will go to these like very classical shows. <laughs> this is amazing. Sure to stop the entire story. Like, you know what else is really cool about this? It's very clear that the animators and the writers had to work together very closely. You know, like, they had to, they designed this together, which is really nice. Well, just, like, the way they play with all, like, this stuff. They get so meta, they break the fourth wall, they, they are completely aware that they're in an animated picture. <laughs> oh man oh crowd goes wild dot gif <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I really, really love that one. Oh, that was amazing oh man i need to download those or find them somewhere i want to watch those old shorts so bad i had uh I think I actually kept these ones, but I, you know, I got rid of a bunch of my DVDs years ago, but I'm pretty sure I hung on to the Looney Tunes gold collection. They put out a few uh, DVD sets. So I'm sure you can find stuff out there somewhere. But yeah, Daffy Duck. I relate to that frustration. <laughs> Boy, I have had those days where like, it just feels like the animators messing with you right everything you try to do it just like falls apart oh no <laughs> amazing like I, I really i really love the idea of daffy struggling against the very medium he inhabits <laughs> oh what a what a oh god what an interesting thought exercise struggling against <laughs> the own oh the, the media you're in yeah i've been there um oh yeah Totally. So uh, now we're going to shift gears. We've done a bit of comedy. We've done a bit of animation. Now we're going to do a uh, documentary short. Ooh. Ooh. And you know what? Oh, uh, okay. Here's a bit of introduction. Uh, we're watching one called The S from Hell. And uh, it's directed by Rodney Asher. Uh, have you ever heard of Room 237? maybe no oh okay oh my god pinchy you know we might have to do like a three part a two or three part series uh just on this whole thing so rodney asher makes these very weird but cool stylized documentaries about unusual topics and uh, his most famous one is room 237 which is a documentary about people's conspiracy theories about the movie The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Have you ever seen The Shining? Yeah, I think I have. 
at least segments of it. Many segments. You have. Like segments. Oh, I, I don't know if I've sat and sat down and watched the full thing. Mm. So we might have to do like an episode on The Shining and then an episode on Room 237 uh, because just, I don't know, if, if you want to have your mind completely blown, that is a, a really amazing double bill. All of that to... St- Maybe we'll watch The Shining in October. Ooh, it's a good idea. Very Halloween-y. Um, and that, yeah, I, I got... St- I have stories about watching The Shining on Halloween. Anyway. Really? Uh, all of that to say, Rodney Asher made a documentary about conspiracy theories in The Shining, and the documentary short, The S from Hell, that we're about to watch, is also by Rodney Asher. So I'm going to give you a little taste of Rodney Asher here, and then we'll follow it up down the road, As it, yeah, if you really want to have your mind blown. So The S from Hell is available on Vimeo, and I will be starting it in three, two, one, now. Oh man, the S from hell. What about the U and the V and the R and it? Oh no, Q, Q, R, You'll see. What about the T and the U? Yeah, well, that's not unnerving. Seemingly without incident. Huh. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Man, it's crazy to see that, like, we were almost a different species back then, but still not. <laughs> huh. Does that terrify you? No, I don't know why it should. <laughs> it's the personification of all things evil. But like, you know, this is, I imagine, around the same time where, who was, who did the radio cast about the end of the world? Oh, uh, Orson Welles, The War of the Worlds. That caused a massive panic.
<laughs> Is this freaking you out? I'm confused why this freaked so many people out. <laughs> so the synthesizer is probably super new around this time too I mean, I can tell you what, this documentary is making me feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like... Do you think by the end of this, you'll be scared of the Screen Gems logo? No, I'm trying to convince myself <laughs> to be. Which is an interesting thing on its own. I guess they're suggesting that uh, it's like a primal kind of a fear, you know, like when you're a kid and like just a big sound scares you. Yeah. I guess that's what they're saying here is like the music just for some reason, you know, alarmed them when they were young. Actually, there's a question for you, Pinchy. Um, have you ever, has it ever been the case that uh, like a piece of music on TV scared you like this? Like, uh, I know for a fact that my wife was scared when she was a kid. She was scared of the Doctor Who theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She was scared of that, so she'd turn off the TV when it came on. And I, when I was a kid, I was really scared of the X-Files music. That music yes. just scared the crap out of me. I can confirm that. The X-Files music scared the ever-living fuck out of me. Like, primally. Like, I was very afraid of the yeah. X-Files. Really, really, like, really scared the heck out of me. I'd have a panic response if, like, I knew the X-Files was coming on and I couldn't get out of the room fast enough. <laughs> yeah because yeah, i was i totally relate to that too i had a very real fear of aliens around the time that like independence day came out and like the grays right with the big eyes and the the thing that always terrified me was the possibility there's a shot in the x-files and i even know the episode because i love the x-files now um it's in the episode jose chung's from outer space and there's a shot where a little kid wakes up and looks down at the foot of his bed and there's a gray there and he grabs the kid's feet. Oh my that God. just scared the crap out of me so much. Like I couldn't look at the foot of my bed and you know, if the music came on like you, I just like, I was terrified out of my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that is the same kind of fear that this S from hell is tapping into. Look, look, oh no. That's a really interesting point. 
Also, I, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't realize that this was reports, like, adult reports of when they were kids, not... I thought it was, like, adult reports. <laughs> I, some of them maybe. So this is the thing. Um, room 237 is like this as well, where you hear people posit all of these theories about The Shining and you cannot tell how serious they are because some of them are just so insane. Like, they could be trolling you. Oh, man. Wow. That was a real thing we watched. What did you think of this? Fascinating. Fascinating and, like, you know, explored a segment of growing up that I haven't explored in a long time. Like, like your question about what sound really freaked you out. And I was about to tell you, like, I can't remember, honestly. And you're like, the X-Files. I'm like, oh my god, the yeah. X-Files! No. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That so, was awesome. Uh, so what do you think? After watching that, you, you enjoyed that one, it seems? Oh, so much. So much. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. There were so many things that were creepy about this, about like the sixties though. And not that I was alive to remember them, but like my grandmother had a house <laughs> that she bought in the sixties. And by the time I was born, it still looked like it was from the fucking sixties. And like, man, the sixties were scary. <laughs> <laughs> like lots fair, of, fair lots of embroidered things, like too much texture. Like I, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> too much. The sixties is too much texture. Yeah. Yeah. Like everywhere, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. What did you? What did you? What do you think about that? What? Do, what are your thoughts about the sixties? Yeah. About. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'll take. I'll take both. Both for a dollar, man. More than that. How much money you want? <laughs> Tell me what you think. My thoughts on this documentary. What? Yes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my thoughts on the 60s, uh, I wasn't alive to see them, but some good music came out of that decade. Um, <clears throat> as for this documentary, I find Rodney Asher really fascinating, and he always covers these just weird people, weird people with weird ideas talking about something you'd never, like, the S from Hell really is sort of a perfect small size version of one of his documentaries. Um... And if you are game, I do think watching The Shining and then watching Room 237 would make for some pretty excellent Devil's Lettuce programming. Uh, if you want to really, like, take the deep dive down the Stanley Kubrick conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Yeah. I, I mean, how much yes can I yes for that? <laughs> um, all right, you ready for the last one? Oh, my God. Yes, there's one more. Yes. Okay. This is it. This is the Salvador Dali short film. Salvador Dali and Louis Buñuel. Uh, it's Un Chien Andalou, an Andalusian dog. Have you ever heard of this? Mm, no. Maybe. This is a really, a really famous one. This is another one I, I watched in film studies. And, uh, I mean, you know Dali, so you know surrealism. Um... Well, hey, buckle up. I'm going to play it. Three, two, one, go. Oh, man. 
Surrealism is something I love so much, and I'm not even sure if I've been... I don't know, surrealism is hard to nail. I, you, you said it. I was just going to say, I like to think I create surrealist art, but like, I'm not even sure if that's an accurate statement. Like, I'd have to do, I'd have to, have to read a lot more <laughs> than I already have. Because, like, you know, my, uh, like, my degree in university is an art, a specialized art degree. And so we, we had to do a fair bit of, like, art proper classes. Art theory, too. And, like, art history. And art history, Studying yeah. the slides. Oh, yeah, of course. Il était une fois. So what year was this shot in? 1929. Man, the scene, the picture is so picturful. So, like, the composition is just, like... Very picturesque. Like, look at that. I like the picture is so pictureful. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Oh man. Oh man, it's getting weird. <gasps> wow, Dolly. You got weird so fast. That's great. Man, this must... 1929? It's amazing this guy didn't end up in jail. <laughs> I think? Like, I, I wish I understood more the geopolitical, you know, history of that... Of, like, he's and Spanish, how, right? How this crazy guy just fit into it all. Like, look at that composition. Like, it's up high, it's tilted, you can see the full room, like... Oh dear. So is this the lady whose eyeball was cut? A minute ago? Uh there's there's a lot that's open to interpretation in this. Placed ever so ever so specifically. I'd have to say that about this. Everything is very specific. Oh, yeah.
So shadow, is this, do you think this is just a film artifact or that's light? Which? There was like, it There looked like there was light, like the, the scene was, light was changing. Yeah, what about the ants coming out of this guy's hand though? What about the ants coming out of this guy's hand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, darling, I, I seem to have ants coming out of my hand. Has this ever happened to you? Just, uh, you know, a quick shot of the armpit. The armpit is like the sea urchin. <laughs> Somebody give me a hand. <laughs> Ah, yes, I've been many things tonight. I've been a man with razor hands, a man with no hands, a man with ant hands. Congratulations, boy. You are now the proud owner of this decapitated hand. Decapitated hand. <laughs> <laughs> Make your parents proud. 1929. Man, speaking of like humans being a different species, but not. Like, 1929. Like, holy shit, man, that's almost a hundred years ago. We're like a couple, you know, a few more years shy of almost a hundred years. That is fucking bananas. We're looking back in time in a century ago. I guess this must be the oldest thing we've watched on the Devil's Lettuce Film Society. Wow. I don't think we've watched anything even remotely this old before. No, I don't think so. I feel like I'm looking into a time machine. Well, I mean, don't take this literally. Why? <laughs> well, well, in the nineteen late nineteen twenties, like ants just didn't come out of people's hands oh, like that, you <laughs> that know. Part. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> this isn't no. a documentary. No, it's not. You're not looking back in time exactly. <laughs> This is this is the art of the time. Yeah, but that's the thing. Looking at art of the time, like that is like looking into a time machine because I know what art of today looks like. You know? Oh, he's getting handsy. Was this the guy with ant hands? Yeah. He wants to put his ant hands all over her. 
No, not his in hands. He already cut her eyeball out. But not. Oh wow, getting handsy, I see. Back off, punk. That's why there's a severed hand in the street. It's the last guy that tried this. <laughs> really? Interesting. Like, okay, so in 1929 when this came out, who do you think was watching this? Like, who was Selma uh, like, yo, I made something. I want you to watch it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I really should know this because I should know my film history. Uh, I guess it would be the group of surrealist artists that he hung out, uh, hung out with, like Louis Buñuel and Man Ray and, and that circle. There's some really bananas uh, surrealist stop motion too that I know exists that I can't quite remember how to look up. <laughs> What's he pulling? The carpet? No, he is pulling two pianos with dead donkeys in them, of course. Wow, do you think those are real dead donkeys? Probably. They look like them. Yeah. I have no doubt. <laughs> It's not like they're gonna be a <laughs> CG. <laughs> there are a couple of priests in there too. And he's okay. So let's look at the allegory here. He's got two stones on his back, two pianos <laughs> with donkeys in them, two pilgrims. I think those are priests. Um, those two tablets on his back could be like the Ten Commandments. Oh, maybe. Is it trying to say, like, if I follow the rules, I'll never get to have you? But then what do the pianos signify? <laughs> Ant hands, no! Ant hands! I'm going to enjoy reading papers about this after.
<laughs> what? So someone came in to yell at him. Oh, but she like summoned him, right? Aren't those the clothes she had laid out the other that other scene? Yeah, it kind of looks like it. Unless mm -hmm. she put them on. Another hat. <clears throat> Think about what you've done. Oh, we're going uh, six years, six years previously. What? This this happened six years ago. No, wait. Says sixteen. Wow, 1929, man. All the furniture, everything has such a specific look to it. What's crazy about this is like, at this time there was like, everything was hand produced. Oh yeah. Man, it's going to take him 16 years just to get back to where we left off. Oh no! Like, I wonder if, like, some scenes are just kind of like, uh, blurry or hazy, and I almost wonder if, mm -hmm. like, that was a purposeful effect or not. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely.
I wonder how old Salvador Dali was when he made this. That is a good question, and I'm going to look it up. So he was 25. Wow. Super young. Similar to uh, Duck Amuck, this one's also playing with the filmic form, sort of making fun of the uh, convention of, you know, movies going like three years earlier, two years later. This one's already jumped around in time where somebody's in the middle of doing something and then it goes 16 years earlier. It's a really similar scene. Yeah. Ah, his mouth is gone. <laughs> Bleh. What? I mean, he really captures the the essence of of dreaming. It is very dreamlike, like the extreme dream logic. Yeah, like nothing quite makes sense. But it all sort of flows one thing into the next, into the next, yeah. Yeah. And, like, some of the characters are even the same, but, like, not really. The box. Oh, yeah. I guess all of his other pieces of clothing that she had laid out on a bed for him.
in the spring. I'm glad you're translating these for me. Because <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm having a hard time reading whatever those say in French. Oh, I guess it's French, right? Yeah. Have you ever uh, spent spring buried up to your elbows? <laughs> well, I have. So there it is in Andalusian. And then they were. What? That's how that ended? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What'd you think of that one? Whoa, that was bananas, man. That was like a time machine. Back in time, back in time. How would how did what do you think about it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I it's it's hard for me to look at it sort of from my own subjective viewpoint because of how much it was kind of hammered home to me in its historical context in film studies. Uh Obviously, like, it's a groundbreaking piece of surrealist artwork that plays with the conventions, again, like Duck Amok. It's playing with uh, the conventions of cinema and uh, also, as you pointed out, operating on this sort of feverish dream logic where it just, it, it, one thing flows into the next, flows into the next. And like you said, you know, these same characters keep popping up in different contexts and you know, it jumps around in time, but at the same time, Dolly is sort of going like, ha ha ha, you know, watch what I can do in, when I make a, or Buñuel going like, ha ha, watch what I can do when I make a movie. I, oh, suddenly, you know, it's the past. Oh, now it's the future. It just is because we can do that in movies. And we just have to put up a card that says, you know, 16 years prior, eight years later. Um, yeah, I, it's cool. I think it's really cool. And uh, also, like you pointed out, like I would love to know, I would love to have been there when, you know, a big piece of surrealist art like this was revealed originally, because it really must have like thrown people for a loop. It must have been really dizzying. Yeah. This is still in the very early years of, uh, of cinema as well. Uh, just about like 30 years since uh, the birth of cinema at the point that when this was made. So it really, people must have just been like, whoa, what the hell are we watching? What the heck is this? Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, my first reaction was like, how did he not get arrested? <laughs> Cause it's, it's just so bombastic and crazy to, to conceive of. Right. Well, like, you know, I think about in time, like the types of reactions people have had to certain media, like, like the satanic panic in the, was yeah. it 70s and 80s? Was it 90s? 80s? 70s? 70s and 80s mainly, yeah. Um, and like, you know, this is why I was curious about who he was showing at the time. Because if it was a bunch of his, you know, arty friends, then they, you know, that would have been totally on the level, which is interesting because like, like us in our friend group, we show each other weird arty things that we're making that are weird and like, you know, who, I, I don't think anyone will be watching it on, you know, ArtTube one day, but, um, <laughs> but maybe, I mean, you've made, you've, my God, you've made so many wonderful pieces of media this year. So why not? Go on, <laughs> go on. Um, anyway, yeah, that, so that was our Devil's Lettuce short film smorgasbord, which was your favorite, which was your favorite short that we watched? 
Oh, they were all so good. They were all so good. I really loved watching Looney Tunes. Like, just, oh man. What it, oh, then the fucking S from hell. What the hell was that even? (laughs) Oh man. An Andalusian dog. I don't know. That's going to be hard. And and the guy, don't forget the the guy helping his girlfriend move in. Yeah. He finds the body in the trunk. Yep. Oh my God. These were all so great. What was, did you have a favorite? Well, I mean, like, they each have their own strengths. Uh, I think for comedy, it would definitely be uh, Duck Amok, the Looney Tunes one, and uh, an Andalusian dog, just for the historical significance alone, I think it's pretty fantastic. Like, it's a really mesmerizing film, even now. Um, Yeah, super high, like, production value, too, for, like, 1929, like... My God, you had to have people that, like, I don't know, I can't, was he doing it all by himself? Well, it's Buñuel and Salvador Dali were the main crew, but there were others. Um, And where does a guy go to get two dead donkeys? (laughs) Right. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Forgot about that whole thing where he's dragged and, like, the Ten Commandments. Oh, man. I was trying to figure, I was trying really hard to find the story in here. Like, you know, and when... I think there's meaning, but I don't think there's any cohesive narrative. No, and then that's why I was like, I think it's just a dream. Like, I think he's just trying to simulate, like, another world. You know, that no one wants to talk about and can conceptualize at the time, but he does. Which is probably why he was one of the greatest artists in the world. (laughs) But Looney Tunes is your favorite? Um, fuck, no, I can't pick a favorite. It's too hard. They're all so different. Yeah, they are really different. It's an unfair question, but I think it's it sure seems like you enjoyed all of them. Oh, I sure did. Sure did. Thank you, as always, for curating that wonderful journey. <laughs> and we hope all of you listening at home also enjoyed these, the short film smorgasbord. We'll be back next month with another Devil's Lettuce Film Society.